0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marcholina. Joining me once again, Sohegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Brayley. Kelly, how are you doing?
1: I am good now that I'm inside and dry.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's not been the most ideal couple of days here, uh, in terms of trying to play sports outside.
1: No, weather has been weather has been absolutely wild and, and you know, for any of my fellow ad's that listen i'm i'm with you <laughs> we've had a rough go over the last the last week
0: yeah i yeah i mean i guess i i've been focusing mostly on the last couple of days just because of all like you know the the uh in the moment postponements um uh, but yeah this has been going on with the heat for for a good week now and uh and thankfully it looks like it's gonna stop uh at least with the heat the rain that's another thing but
1: but yeah, no yeah that's 90. okay i'll i'll take i'll take rain over sweltering yeah. heat and wet bulb globe temp things
0: yeah <laughs> we exactly can, we can
1: retire that for the
0: season <laughs> uh i'd also like to retire uh four-hour football games that only entail playing a, a half of the game uh that was not uh on my bucket list uh forever
1: Maybe it, was the, maybe it was the experience you didn't know you needed. Now you can say <laughs> yeah, you really have done it all.
0: I, I didn't know that I needed, but also that I didn't need it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. That's, that's the best way to put it.
1: Can confirm you didn't need yeah. it. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, well, don't forget that you can, uh, of course, always send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at at NHHS sports. The Field Hockey Show will be posted every Monday during the regular season at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, and, uh, of course, just like to mention everybody again, uh, we are looking for sponsors for the podcast this fall. Uh, so if you are enjoying the show uh, and you know someone that might has a uh, business that they'd like to promote on the podcast or you have a business of your own that you'd like to help support us, uh, please get in touch by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, so I think I, I wanted to start uh, this week, kind of going over. Uh, I know, I know, we're in a we're in a weird spot to try to talk about the coaches poll. Um, you know, because we are recording these on Sundays. The poll comes out, or the podcast will be posted Monday morning. The poll then gets posted Monday afternoon. So it's kind of we're going off of a, a week old uh, top ten. Um, you know, but I still think it's it's kind of interesting to to talk about, even though it's. Some games have happened since the last official one came out. Uh, you know, but, but we saw for, you know, the second week in a row that Exeter was uh, voted as the number one team. Um, you know, but it's not that big of a gap. Uh, you know, Exeter's got uh, got seven of the first place votes this past week out of a total of 11. You know, with Dover picking up one and Wyndham picking up two, um, you know, they're, they're not far behind. But it, it feels like there's at least as of last week's a clear one, two, three, then you got Stark, John Stark and Winnikonit, uh, right behind. And then literally there's everybody else as you've got, I think another dozen teams that are getting votes, um, starting with Pinkerton at six.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting, like to look at it. I mean, I think the games that were played this past week will definitely have an impact on, you know, that top stuff, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, I I think it's interesting though, because the, you know, that kind of that bottom half of the coaches poll is kind of indicative of the way. uh, Definitely D1 and D2 are shaping up as of right now. You know, there's no, I think there's a bit more parity maybe than, um, than I think I was definitely expecting in that, you know, in years past, especially in D2, like the top five have been pretty, pretty set. You know, top four, top five are pretty in there. Now, I think like it's going to be it's going to be a grind to see who are in those top top spaces. And I think the same is said for D1. I think there are some teams that are, you know, really making really making their presence known in this first third of the season. Um, So it's it's interesting how that's kind of all shaken out in the poll as well.
0: Yeah. What's what's kind of interesting is looking at, um, you know, looking at the standings, assuming that that these are. Are. At least win and lo- wins and losses—they're—they're they're up to date. Um, you've got four teams in Division One without a loss, and then you've got uh, another six teams with only one loss. So it's you know there's there's not a ton of separation yet, and um, the the some of the the kind of uh, I guess round robin if you will, like where you know this team beats that team, and then that team goes and beats that other team, and maybe it circles around back to the first you know the first team then loses. You know, so I, I think we've got a little bit of that going. What's always interesting to me about Division 2 is is that, you know, obviously Division 2 II and 3 are a little bit different. You've got in Division 2 more teams than Division 1, and in Division 3 you've got teams that are more spread out. So the scheduling is different for all three divisions, right? In Division 1 you play everybody once, uh, I believe. Right. Division three.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, I think that that's yeah. primarily the way that's set
0: up. Yeah, um, Division three. I think everyone that's for the most part, everybody on your schedule, you play twice, uh, if not everybody, but mo- most everybody on your schedule. But you won't play like half the division. Where in Division two, it's so like spread out. Like we, I know we talked about, you know, Plymouth and Kennett uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and even Kingswood. You know, teams that are 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 for a little further north, they don't come down and play. You know everybody in the south, and no one—not everyone from the south—goes up to play them. Like how, you know, um, or, or you look at a team like Portsmouth that plays, you know, Southieken and Stark and Goffstown, but they don't play Hollis Brookline. They don't play Milford.
1: Like it, yeah, the the interesting thing, like the way the uh, over this last cycle, so all the schedules are on a two-year right. cycle, okay. and that also lines up with division alignment. Um, last cycle, a couple of teams swung divisions. So, D two is now, I think, by far the biggest with twenty, 20 teams, teams in yeah. it. So, um, so there's it's mathematically impossible to play everybody once. Plus, you factor in that it encompasses, you know, two thirds of the state, and and it makes that that travel stuff a little bit tough. Um, I think a, a few D three teams do some crossovers. Um, with D2 and O'Kennett right. plays um Berlin twice, I believe. Yep. Hanover usually has some crossovers. I don't think Plymouth does, but um oh, I
0: got but, it right Yeah, me. I mean
1: it, it, it definitely makes it for a more interesting an interesting thing come come playoff time. I mean even even South like Merrimack Valley is not far from us. We play Bow, but we don't play Merrimack Valley. So um so, yeah, just kind of shaking those things up every two years is interesting as well. You know, hopefully you get some new teams in there in your mix on your schedule. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting in D2.
0: Yeah, it's, and that I, I think that goes a little bit towards, you know, sometimes I, I feel like D2 is maybe also the, the Division two where historically there's been, a, you know, an upset in the quarterfinals or the semifinals or, or, you know, because of that. You know, like maybe you get someone who's, you know, a good team, but they're playing a tougher schedule because of their geography. And then they end up yeah. a lower seed and it just so works out. The matchups work out that they are then able to pull off a couple upsets.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. It always seems to be the eight seed too. <laughs> like yeah, I yeah. think goth, gothstown would have been the last one to do it. I'm pretty sure they the, were the, the nin- last time they went to a final is the eight seed. They
0: were the nine seed actually
1: nine seed. Okay. Well, cause even yeah, yeah. same
0: because <laughs> I remember I, cause they, they played at I want to say they played at Oyster River, uh, in the first round, and I went out to that because there were, there were actually no other games I think that were close by, for me, uh, and they yeah that was at Oyster River I think so they were the ninth seed. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah well of course um we'll have a a new poll out, uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, interested to see where I I would assume. Uh, with with Wyndham beating Exeter last week, we're going to have a uh, a new number one team. Um, that would be my guess, uh, but you you never know. Sometimes um, everybody picks their top ten a little bit differently. I, I know. Uh, I I think anyone that's listened to uh, the podcast uh, for lacrosse in the spring, I've I've talked about how. You know, sometimes I'm I'm feeling like, uh, you know, in the moment, who do I think are the top ten, or is it, you know, at the end of the year, who do I? And sometimes I'm I'm a little uh, all over the place. So uh, maybe I'm not the most consistent voter then. But uh, I don't know. I
1: think I don't know. I don't know that my brain's ever consistently functioning on the same wavelength. So. I think you
0: get a pass certainly not after, after, you know, what we, what the weather last week, all that heat, the heat from last no. week has definitely fried my brain. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, another, another thing that uh, I, I mentioned last week that didn't come to fruition in part because of some of these schedule changes was uh, the playoff picture. Uh, I, I had, I had, you know, we were talking when you said last week that it's still early, but not after this week. Uh, yeah. I, I, he said, oh, maybe it's time to do one of these. But, uh, of course, that didn't come out uh, as I as quite hoped because, again, because of some of the rescheduling. So hopefully that'll come out uh, at the end of this week. Um, you know, although, who knows, with the rain that we're going to have. I, and, and you look at the, the standings a little bit, too. I mean, you've got some teams in Division I. Um, you know, there's one team that's played six games. And there's another team that's played two.
1: That's yeah, uh, wild.
0: So and and I think it's this. I don't know if it's that extreme. I know there's a uh, what John Starks only played two games in uh, in Division Two. Uh, nobody with uh, oh with five. That's that's the uh, the most that looks like in D two five games instead of six. Yeah,
1: I mean right now four or five is where I mean it is where everybody should be with but with the cancellations we had, I'd imagine a lot of teams are going to have three game weeks this coming week. Um, so some stuff should shake out a little more clearly after this week.
0: And there are some games that, uh, that were already started, correct?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, That was a, that was a first, a first for me, for sure.
0: What, so what you, so you, this was on Friday, uh, you were trying to play Dairy Field, uh, and it looked like it was going to be a nice night, uh, at least when you were scheduled to play, right? And then it, and then it just went south.
1: Yeah, I really thought we had enough of a window to get it in. We had a girls' soccer game right before that. They got in fine. We got one quarter underway and then Thunder.
0: Uh, so um, did we determine, we, I know we, we were discussing this beforehand, do you restart the game or do you pick it up from where you left off if it's, still, if it's an early part of the game?
1: If it's the if it's the early part of the game, I'm, I'm confident that you restart the whole game. A half constitutes a full game. I believe, though, in the regular season, both coaches would need to agree to call that a complete game, um, rather than you know pick it up, pick it up where it left off. Um, but anything that's that's less than a half uh, gets replayed from the beginning.
0: What's well, uh. I mean, it's probably the best thing to do, although I, I, you know, I feel kind of bad for anybody that scored a goal in that early part of the game uh, and then has that goal, you know, uh, that never happened. Right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Thankfully for us, that's not like a clean restart feels good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, I did uh, wanted to get into, um, you know, some of the stuff that did happen last week. um, And I I think we got to start with the game that I I just mentioned a moment ago, uh, that Wyndham and Exeter game. uh, You know, two teams that have had some really great battles the last couple of years. uh, You know, with um, Exeter, of course, beating Wyndham twice in the playoffs, in the championship game two years ago, and then in the semifinals last year. I want to say they played to a tie... In the regular season a year ago and then the year before uh Wyndham beat Exeter uh in the regular season if i'm remembering that correctly
1: yeah Uh, that sounds that sounds right
0: so and then you know going into it Exeter's one Wyndham's three in the coaches poll uh you know it was just it was one of those games that like i drove out there and uh i was actually uh impressed with the crowd like there was a really good crowd for that game you know, despite it was supposed to be a four, a 4 o'clock start, ended up getting pushed back to 5.30 uh, because of the, the heat. Um, and the play was, I, I mean, despite the weather, um, both teams were getting after it up and down the field in that first half. And for a half, it looked a lot like the semifinal game, you know. Uh, Wyndham was having a tough time getting beyond the 25 while Exeter was getting its fair share of opportunities they just you know window was was able to keep them from capitalizing Uh, yeah i
1: mean any any time those two meet it's got to feel like a like a playoff atmosphere they're 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 just so deep and you know can can execute so well yeah um that's you know that's that's a matchup that it's always going to be a beautiful game to watch
0: and it, and it was like it was just it, the level of, of play was so everything just moved so fluidly. Um, you know, you just you, you kind of it's one of those things that you don't notice it until you really notice it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was I was probably a good we were a good 10 minutes into the game, and I just kind of was like, wow, this is there's not been a lot of whistles. There's been, you know, we're going up and down the field. Um, you know, and then I think it was, uh, was late in the first half that Wyndham uh, ended up getting a corner. Uh, didn't score on it, but I think it might have given him a little momentum going into halftime because um, it, it ended, uh, you know, right as the clock hit uh, zero for the half. And, you know, they came out. They got another corner. They get an early goal. Uh, you know, Ella, Ella uh, gets, um scores off that corner. They go up 1-0. And then uh, it was like, you know, the the floodgates opened. They scored again less than 90 seconds later. They hold off an exeter charge to, to try to get back in the game and then go the other way in transition, score again. It's now 3 nothing in about four-minute span. Uh, and it just, it, it was kind of crazy how that happened.
1: Yeah, that's that's so exciting. Wyndham is such a dangerous team. Once they make, like, once they get inside the 25 and are able to maintain possession in there you know they can just wear they can just wear a defense down and then you know even though Exeter did have that break coming back Wyndham beating them in transition I mean that that that's enough to take wind out of Exeter's sails and fully you know fully fill Wyndham so you know It, it definitely got, it definitely got out of hand quickly. Like I just see the Ron Durgan being where he's like that escalated quickly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I did not expect, I did not expect the final score to be what it was coming out of that game.
0: Yeah. Five, five, nothing as Wyndham tacked on uh, two more goals uh, in the, in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter from, uh, from Sophie Manchester. Uh, She had two goals and an assist uh, yeah, they and th- well, that was the other thing too. Is is you know, uh, you look at a Wyndham scoring, uh, getting a five nothing win, scoring five goals on someone, and you figure that you know one of their one of their seniors from that uh, midfield line, um, you know, Sofia Ponsini, Ava Sanchez, um, um, I'm forgetting Mia Gallinelli. Like one of them is going to have uh, you know a goal and assist, something. None of them did. It was all of their, you know um you know their forwards getting into um the scoring
1: that's that's scary for anybody I think who's playing Wyndham coming up because you know those names uh, Manchester Ponzini like they're I feel like they've been at Wyndham for (laughs) ever
0: well they are Um, I think both of them are younger siblings so that that might have a that might play a role in it
1: right yeah for sure but you know that you know, knowing who you have to match up against or thinking you know who you have to match up against um, and then finding out, oh, we actually have a whole other contingent of people that can make your life difficult. Um, you know, that's that's scary for the rest of D1 that hasn't yet seen Wyndham.
0: Yeah, they do have a, an interesting week uh, coming up there. Wyndham is at is scheduled to be at Pinkerton on Monday, which um, I got to assume even if it's raining, they'll still get that in on the turf. Uh, And then they turn around and they're hosting Londonderry on Wednesday. Uh, I don't think Wednesday is supposed to be as bad as tomorrow or Monday is. Um, So that one might get in if the field's not, you know, has a chance to dry out. Um, And then they finish off the week at North on Friday night. Uh, There is that they were scheduled to play Keene last Friday, uh, but that looks like that game hasn't been rescheduled yet.
1: Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, that's looking at looking at their schedule ahead, trying to find a a reasonable, you know, space to put that in. I'd imagine, you know, they'll make it up between Salem and Winnikunit. They've got a, you know, four day break there because, you know, once you get towards the end of the season, those those rescheduled dates become sacred, you know, in case we we continue to have weather moving forward. Um, you don't want to fill the end of your season with reschedules. Yeah. Because then you, you leave yourself in a situation where you're going to have a whole bunch of back-to-back-to-backs.
0: Yeah, that's not uh, not ideal. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, some teams with, uh, with the three-game uh, weeks, you know, because of reschedules. But I'm looking at some of these schedules in Division One. I. I mean, you've got Dover is playing at Londonderry on Monday, home to Exeter Wednesday and then at Bishop Girton on Friday. Uh, You know, so they've already got three games on the schedule. Same with, with Exeter. We mentioned Wyndham, um, you know, Londonderry also three games this week. So there's already some teams that are going to be pretty busy um, and which also, you know, opens the potential for some more headaches if games have to be moved.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think it also, It's I mean, most of those teams are all going to be at the midway point after the end of the season, too. So, um, you know, maybe a much clearer picture of where where the chips are going to fall as we head into the hopefully cooler, drier month of October.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, another another team I wanted to mention, too, uh, that I got a chance to see last week uh, was uh, was Nashua South. They hosted Londonderry last Thursday uh, in a game that was um, was scoreless uh, through three quarters. Um, you know, kind of a an interesting, well, t- a tough spot for both teams because both teams were playing was their second day in a row playing each other in again the the you know feels like 90 degree plus uh, heat there, um, but a, a really well played game, uh, just very defensive, both teams really limiting the other's chances. Uh, Londonderry ended up winning two to one. Uh, a really interesting finish to the game too because. Uh, London got that one goal um, from Allison Chambers early in the fourth quarter to go up 1-0, and it stayed there the rest of the way. It looked like that might be the final. And then uh, London late got a corner, scored off that with about four minutes left. And before I had time to finish writing it down in my notebook, South went down the other way and scored to make it 2-1, with again, with about three and a half minutes left, and it was like, Wow, this has really changed uh, one, you know, going one way and the other in the last 30 seconds. And then yeah. South did it again. They went, well, almost did it again. They went down the field, uh, got a corner, uh, got close enough that there were a couple girls that already, you know, they thought they'd scored and started celebrating, but the ball actually hit off uh, the outside of the post rather than the inside. Uh, so, like, within a couple inches of tying the game. They had two more corners in the last, like, minute, uh, 90 seconds there and just couldn't get one in. Um, you know, so really, I was, and then they turn around, uh, the Panthers turn around on Saturday and get their first win, uh, a one nothing victory over uh, Central West. So I was, I was really yeah, was, impressed with them.
1: Um, correct. Am I making this up? Was Taylor McKinnon out for Londonderry yes, at that Taylor, game?
0: Yes, Taylor McKinnon did not play in that game against uh, for Londonderry in the game against South, so they did did reshuffle, have to reshuffle the lineup a little bit, um, which always you know has an effect. Uh, oh, for
1: sure, and it's interesting because we you know we were talking before about the like you know team game versus couple of superstars that can carry things. Oh,
0: sure, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I I can't help but wonder like. It, you know, is this a good indication of of South's ability to be able to put like you know maybe a more full collective complete game together? Um, and legendary you know, needing to needing to to step up, and it sounds like you know their team did. They got it done. Um, you know, step up to fill to fill the void of of a big player on your field not being there. Um, it's it's just kind of interesting to see how how close that one, how close that one was. Um, And, you know, there, obviously there are a lot of factors in that, but just, um, you know, knowing that the two teams are kind of composed differently in their, in their roster. um, It's just interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, And and I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, talking um, after the game, you know, to, to South coach um, Kiki McIntyre, she was, saying it just it feels like if, if they can just get on a little bit of a run and, and put a couple of, of of goals in that you know once they see that more consistently that it's just going to start coming for them and and it, it did really see like that they they got that goal and it just seemed to just change the energy a little bit um you know so it's the kind of thing that like there it feels like watching them they're right there um just need something to kind of I don't want to say push them over the edge, but just make it a little bit more consistent, I guess.
1: Yeah. I'll be curious to see how their follow-up, how the follow-up game against Timberlane to- on Monday goes. And
0: that's an um, int- going to be an interesting one too, because it's not at Stellos. It's at the school for whatever reason. Uh, well, oh, I, I shouldn't say for whatever reason, BG is playing at Stellos uh, tomorrow afternoon. And for some oh, reason, that's interesting. Yeah. South is playing over at South. So that game is going to be on
1: grass. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll be curious to see Timberlanes. Timberlands a a hard one to figure out. They're kind of a little Jekyll and Hyde. It seems like through their first, through their first four. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Nashua might be a good time for them to put it all together. And then if Nashua can keep riding this, I think that might be, that might be a really good game.
0: Uh, well, speaking of good games, uh, there were a couple of really good ones in division two last, uh, last week that, uh, I mean, you got to see one of them right up, right up uh, firsthand, uh, as I did as well. Uh, last Tuesday's game, uh, Sohegan at Hollis Brookline. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of nice that, that your girls seem to enjoy playing so much that they send every game to overtime just so they can get a little bit more field hockey. And is that that's what's happening, right?
1: Yeah, they're gonna have to start a fundraising for my blood pressure medication now because. I'm, they can't keep sending me into cardiac arrest like this, but um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a, a a really phenomenal game and and one that I have to give Hollis a ton of credit for. I mean, we we went up pretty quickly. We scored two goals in the first, um, you know, nice goals, and and I felt comfortable, and I think the girls felt comfortable, and that ended up being a, quite a recipe for disaster because. <laughs> Hollis made the rest of our night very uncomfortable, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it took it took almost all of overtime to to sort it out. We scored with 52 seconds left in the overtime, um, off of really the only break we were going to get. I mean, Hollis packed their pad. They got a they got a corner in the OT, put everybody but one on the circle. Um, and they're, they're, they scored both of their tying goals off of corners. Yeah. So, um, you know, now they're going to run a, a corner with almost the same number of people, but I'm one less defender down. And I thought, oh boy, but also knew if we could sustain and break out of that, 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 that might be the transition that we needed to get up. And sure enough, that's what happened. We had a three on one and Ori Dart made a beautiful pass over to Ella Russell who buried it.
0: Yeah, it was, a. um, one of those ones where you're you, everything feels like it's gonna go one way, and then it just shifts the other. Um, I I want you mentioned that the time the two goals that Hollis scored in the second and the the tying one, was was one of the, uh one of the crazier deflections I yeah I feel like I've ever seen you know just because everyone all you know you try to get those kind of deflections in or you try to get shots like that in and they they ninety nine percent of the time they don't work or Uh you know it hits it hits your hand or it hits a foot or something you know yeah um this one was a a a shot by uh naya uh jernberg it was deflected by katrina lee like oh she was in the perfect spot right next to the goal and had her stick at the exact right angle that it where it deflected in i yeah i i uh was one of those ones i thankfully got video of it so i was like geez i gotta go back and watch that again um yeah, I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a near perfect deflection, just an incredible yeah. goal. I thought,
1: yeah, it was, it was well executed and, um, she's, uh, she's hollis's number 21. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. She was, she was a real problem. She, <laughs> <laughs> and I told her that I told her that in the handshake one. I said, listen, you were a real problem in, in the best of ways. Like, um, you know, anytime, anytime you have a, a person like that on your team who can step up in those big moments, um is great. And I mean, proximity always creates fun rivalries, you know, and in, in recent years, Hollis has grown a ton. Those girls have worked super hard to get there. Um, So it's, it's definitely been more formidable matchups than, you know, maybe in, in some years past. Um, But yeah, they are, they are not a team to be trifled with. And I would imagine we'll see them again in the postseason.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it was uh, just look at a year ago, um, similar kind of game where you guys went up early and things got away from them late. I think it turned into like a 6-1 or 6 nothing game, right? Yeah. And it really wasn't that kind of a game. It just, they, they you know, it was early in the year too, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it just kind of got away from them. And, and here we are a year later and they're, um, you know able to fight back and, and get back into it and force. Yeah. Overtime. Early
1: in the, and I think they had a weird start last year too. I think, you know, right, their, yeah. their coach, Greg Cochran had been, uh, kind of like a late hire. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, early in the season two, they were still trying to find their groove, but, um, they, they definitely have a groove now. So, um, yeah, watch out for Hollis.
0: And, uh, they you know, they're another team. Um, I think they've only played two games so far. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, they've, you know, they're on, on the schedule to be hosting, uh, Kingswood Monday night, so and and again on the turf that you got to imagine weather's not going to stop that one unless there's more uh, thunderstorms passing through, um, right? You know, but then they have a quick turnaround at Merrimack Valley on Tuesday and then at Laconia on Thursday.
1: Yeah, and I mean Merrimack Valley has been Merrimack Valley has been scoring some goals, yeah. So um, that'll be that'll be one to watch, I think
0: yeah 14 goals in 3 games for for Merrimack Valley. Yeah. Uh you know the other big game uh from last week uh that can think that up played in division 2 was uh was the John Stark Goffstown game that was a John Stark home game played at Goffstown uh to again avoid the heat play at night. Uh they ended up tipping that one at 7:30 uh which led to like a I think we were done, like, after 9 o'clock. It was like, wow, this is, uh, you know, <laughs> some late nights here uh, trying to do sports of late. Um, you know, but but a, a game that, you know, you look at the final score, one nothing, Um and it was a, a certainly a game that Stark, you know, controlled possession for long stretches and Goffstown's defense uh, kind of had to stand on their heads uh, to keep it that way. It was, again, another scoreless game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Stark scored less than a minute into the quarter uh, and continued coming. They, they did not uh, ease up after the goal. Um, and it was, you know, all golfstown had to, I think, keep it at a one nothing game.
1: Yeah, and, and um, one, one point of explanation that might be good is, like, I had a couple people ask me why that had to still stay a John Stark game home game, even though they were at Goffstown. Um, reason being is that once you submit your schedules in um, and declare, you know, your homes and your aways, they have to stay like that because homes and aways eventually factor into tie-breaking sure. yep. um, seeding for the tournament. So yeah. that's why Stark still remained the home team, even though it was at Goffstown. I mean, I I applaud them for being creative and still figuring out how to get that game in. And it's nice that the two towns are so close together and that golf town has a gorgeous turf field. I would, I would imagine if, you know, if they had the grass still, that wouldn't have been able to happen because it wouldn't have been able to put it at night with the lights. And I mean, we go there Friday and I can't wait to talk to Huft about what kind of fang, newfangled fancy LEDs he's got there with flashing <laughs> lights and goal songs. But yeah, that was, uh,
0: was um, kind of strange too. Cause uh, yes, when they, when Stark scored the lights and the the music and everything went off like you know like it would for the home team which i which technically you know John it Stark did. was for that game um but it was uh i was not expecting it uh so it it definitely caught me by surprise and um uh yeah, so hopefully now now you're prepared if 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 uh it goes off on on Friday or to anyone else that's there uh, in yeah future. i sure.
1: I hope we don't, I hope we don't see it Friday, <laughs> unless they're going to do it for the visitors.
0: I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't count on. We'll
1: see. I don't count on it either. But anyways, back to the game. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, golf's on defense. Um, you know, I know their 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 coaches is big on offense or defense leads to offense. So sure. it's no surprise to me that they could withstand kind of that storm and and you know, especially their goalie Molly Breakout. She has worked her tail off. Over the last, you know, I'm going to say five years, I think she's been, she's been training in, in that goal position and is, you know, playing year round and, and really working hard. And I think she was a, she was a big factor in, in Golftown staying in it um, last week for sure. Um, and then, you know, on the stark side of things, I think them being able to sustain pressure the way they did speaks to their depth. They also had you know, kind of a a big name player for them out and Lauren Gavon, But, you know, Stark, Stark has talent and depth and they were able to adjust. And, you know, I'm sure whomever filled that role, I think we were talking, it might've been Addy Bullduck.
0: Yeah, I believe believe so.
1: Yeah. Who, who, you know, another really great player with tons of skill and great hockey IQ. Um, So, you know, Stark, Stark clearly has the depth to be able to adjust if they need to.
0: You know, looking um, looking over the schedule, uh, big uh, big game back at Goffstown actually on Monday, uh, where you've got Pelham that's out to uh, a very good start at four and one, uh, going to Goffstown for four four o'clock on Monday. Uh, you know, I think we talked about Pelham a little bit last week. You know, early part of the season, they're they're in three uh, one nothing games, winning two of them, and then in the last two games, um, you know, they've put up 14 goals. Uh, against just one so uh, against you know against some teams that are are, are not quite as strong um uh, but still to have that kind of turnaround um that quick uh you know I, I imagine that's gotta be an encouraging sign for pelham
1: yeah and i think the i think the next four games for pelham are going to be very telling yeah. of where they end up because the next four that they have i think are all very formidable opponents um and going to Goffstown with a beautiful turf and to Hollis with a beautiful turf um, is going to be is going to be interesting. Um, so I'll be I'll be curious, curious to see how they come out of the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, one of those is against uh, against Bo, which had probably one of the, uh, you know, bigger, I guess, upsets or we call it an upset uh, earlier this, you know, or in last week going out to Portsmouth. And getting a four nothing win uh over the clippers um you know I, I, certainly i i that one was an eye opener to me i i thought that bow was uh an improved team this year but um to be able to um you know not only shut out portsmouth but then put up that many as well um you know tells me a little bit more about bow than i i had initially thought
1: yeah i agree um I also think that they, you know, coming out of the coming out of the game that Bull played with us, um, I think that fueled them a little bit because they definitely, you know, they definitely had some opportunities they could have capitalized on and didn't. So, um, you know, to see them come out strong against Portsmouth doesn't surprise me for them. But yeah, I, I'm I'm a little surprised at, at the, the Portsmouth shutout and yeah them giving up them giving up four. That's uh, uncharacteristic for sure.
0: Uh, anything else in in Division Two that um, you know that, that's standing out to you, or or uh, that you're looking ahead to?
1: Um, no. I mean, this I feel like Division Two might have gotten hit hit the hardest with some rainouts and cancellations. So I've got I definitely have enough to worry about this week with <laughs> <laughs> with my team. So sure, I'm yeah. not really I'm not really looking ahead to too many others right now.
0: <laughs> we'll just make it through. Make it through Monday, and then we'll see what happens after that.
1: Yes, that sounds good. One day at a time. A yeah. um,
0: couple of games in Division Three that, uh, you know, that are, are kind of looming this week is, uh, you know, ones that you hope to see get played, but that could, you know, have, uh, you know, potential or potential will tell us a little bit about some teams that are, are, you know, one that I think is a bit of a surprise and one that... Um, you know, at, at least I had kind of pegged as a, a, you know, a dark horse going into the year. Um, Tuesday, you've got a game in Concord between Hopkinton and Bishop Brady. Uh, you know, Brady out to a 3-0 and start. Hopkinton sitting there at 2-1. and one. Um, I'll, I'm assuming <laughs> they had Stevens on their schedule for last Thursday, but I'm assuming that that game probably didn't get played. Um, you know, and, and not just... Uh, you know, uh, sitting there at 2-1 and one after the first three, but with with 12 goals in those three games. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a game I got my eye on this week. And then the other game uh, on Tuesday, uh, you have Guilford uh, getting on the road to go down to Conant uh, to, to take on um, the Orioles. Uh, Conant sitting at 1-2, uh, at and two, uh, but with a, a bit of a tough start, you know, playing at Brady and then at Stevens to start the year. Uh, with a win over Kearsarge in between, and and Guilford, you know they've bounced back from from their opening loss to to Bishop Brady with uh, three wins in a row, um, including you know one against Newport last week. So I think those two games, you know, the Bishop Brady Hopkinton and then Conan Guilford games on Tuesday, um, you know, will help us or, or tell us a little bit more about what's going on in the division. Yeah,
1: and I think where Guilford's you know had that kind of tough start with Brady. I mean, tough start. It's a one goal game, but um, you know, I think they've been so used to winning ways for so long um, that I think if they can get this win at Conan, it might solidify their momentum moving forward. And, and you know, they should be able to go on a pretty good run um, through the end of the season.
0: Well, I think uh, I don't know any other, any final thoughts before we, uh, we wrap this up for the week
1: take tents with you don't be afraid to get a little wet this week but let's get the games played um i'm ready for some normalcy and scheduling
0: when i uh when i left to go to uh that the football game saturday night i I started walking out the door without my jacket of course at that point it was like you know it was kind of it was still kind of warm it was nice the sun might have even been out and i Mm -hmm. got halfway to my car and i thought whoa wait a minute if i don't take the jacket It is one hundred percent sure gonna downpour. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's New England. You just uh, it's the time of year where where my you know I have about four different coats in my car and a hat and uh, I haven't quite put in the uh, the extra layers yet, but I'm sure those will be coming in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it's coming. After the next 90 degree day we have, it'll swing to like the 60s the next day. That's the the beauty of
0: New England. Yes, I, I'm not, and hopefully leaves some leaves are starting to change by then too.
1: Oh, can't <laughs> wait!
0: Can't wait. All right, well, uh, we'll we'll leave you with that thought uh, for the week, uh, Kelly. Thanks again for doing this.
1: Oh, my pleasure as always.
0: She is uh, Kelly Braley, Sauhegan, uh, AD and field hockey coach. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.